the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's time for Talk Law Radio with Todd Marquardt. Todd Marquardt, attorney at law in Texas. If you're a millionaire or a thousandaire, Talk Law Radio is now on the air. Call in with your business law question, your elder law question. Veteran aid, Medicaid, build a business to get paid. 210-308-8867. Or ask a question online at marquardtlawfirm.com. That's M-A-R-Q-U-A-R-D-T, lawfirm.com. And now, it's Talk Law Radio with Todd Marquardt. Okay, welcome back to Talk Law Radio. I'm Todd Marquardt on 930 AM The Answer. Also, podcasts everywhere, YouTube, Facebook, and uh, TalkLawRadio.com. If you're interested about a legal topic that you're having trouble understanding, you might find a previous episode of Talk Law Radio, and you can search for that on Google, and you can find those previous episodes on TalkLawRadio.com. Today I'm here with uh, Hector Sines, and we're talking about year-end tax planning, and he's a business consultant and tax specialist with Liberty Tax Services, South San Antonio. Uh, Hector, uh, why don't you tell him your phone number and email address again? Yeah, yeah. So um, my phone number is 210-355-3267. All right, you can call, text, uh, leave a voicemail. Uh, my email is hector.signs at libertysouthsan.com. Okay, so uh, before the break, we were talking about um, – tax loss harvesting and asset optimization, uh, but we didn't quite get to long-term versus short-term. Tell us about that. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, with with, uh, capital assets, there's there's different types of tax implications, right? And and it it really depends whether it's a long-term or short-term, right? So, Long term, if if anybody's heard of the term capital gains tax rates, right? So long, your long term investments would fall under what's called capital gains tax rates. Now, this is where you know a lot of the the big money people kind of save their their money, especially on taxes, right? Because long term capital gains tax rates are probably a little more favorable for for some people, more favorable uh, than your ordinary tax rates, mm-hmm. right? So ordinary tax rates is just like, you know, anybody that has wages, uh, self-employment income, you know, things like that, they're going to be taxed at the ordinary tax rate, right? Um, but those that have long-term capital gains, uh, again, are, are at the capital gains tax rate. So there's two differences there, right? Short-term uh, is going to be anything that's held for one year or less, right? So again, like a while ago, I talked about the... Um, you know, day trading and swing trading, right? Those are never held for usually more than a couple months, right? So that's a short-term type of asset. So again, if it's for a year or less, it's going to be short-term and those are taxed at your ordinary income tax rate. So that's kind of the difference between the long-term and short-term. So if you held it for more than a year, 
uh, and it go, has to go over the 365-day mark more than a year, then it's considered a long-term asset. So there might be a difference, uh, for example, if somebody is a real estate investor, um, if they if they flipped the house mm-hmm. uh, within that year, then that would be a, a short term. Um, but if they held on to a house for one or two or three years, that would be more of a long term. Long term. Yep. Yep, exactly. So, you know, those that flip houses, obviously, those are not their primary residence, right? Because mm-hmm. typically your primary residence, you know, w- could be considered a, a capital asset. Um, but if you're using this more for investments, um, then you have to look at that timeline. For sure. And there's a special exemption for selling your personal residence. Correct. Yeah. So as long as you owned it or you lived in it, I should say, for two out of the last five years, um, then yes, you do get an exemption on the profits, right, on the net proceeds. So mm-hmm. uh, the exemption is 250000 for single people, 500000 for those that are married, right? So that means that you can profit that much and not have to pay taxes on that income. And has that exemption amount changed in, in the last few years or has that just been staying the same? It's It's been pretty consistent, right? But I'm pretty sure that here pretty soon, and especially with the, the, the housing market, you know, just increasing like crazy, right? I'm pretty sure that those will be increasing here. That's soon. what I was wondering about. Uh, why hasn't it changed? So yeah. talk to your legislator or congressman <laughs> about uh, getting that updated. Absolutely. Uh, another another thing I think of when I think of uh, capital gains uh, is uh, inheritance. If if somebody inherits a property, mm-hmm. um, the the rules are a little bit different. Um, can you talk about cost basis um, during life and cost basis after death? Yeah, so so a lot of that gets complex, right? Because it, there's different things that we kind of look at, right? So again, cost basis is basically what the the house is worth for the person at the time, right? And so, um, you know, for example, and, and we're, we're talking about passing it down. So if someone inherits a home, um, then we can either have the look back, right, where we kind of take the cost basis of the person, the person's cost basis, which is what they purchased it at, any adjustments made to that. Um, or we can take uh, the value at the time that it was inherited, right? Especially if we don't know the cost basis uh, looking back, right? So again, uh, weighing between the two really just depends on what the results are going to be and the best uh, strategy to take at that point for for that client. So if somebody inherits a house or, or real estate or or even uh, stocks, bonds, and mutual funds, uh, but before they fill out their income tax return, they should probably talk to somebody. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know, because when you have assets like that, you know, the whole idea, again, is deferral. Right. And and so when it's deferred and and you pass away, right, who, who's going to pay the taxes on that? Right. Is mm-hmm. the thing, because eventually, as I mentioned a while ago, you know, these are deferrals. We can't just wipe out income. Right. You can't just wipe it out and never pay taxes on it. Someone eventually is going to have to pay taxes mm-hmm. on it. So on these deferrals, yeah, it's it's best to to you know for assets that you're going to be holding for for a long period of time, you have to plan for that, right? You have to plan for the future because you you don't know what's going to happen, you know, within the next hour or so, right? right? And so, um, yeah, you absolutely have to plan for that so you can uh, understand the tax tax implications mm-hmm. on either you or, or your your um, beneficiaries. Yeah. So let's uh, let's go to the next strategy, uh, strategy five, uh, estate planning strategies. 
Um, how can estate planning be a tax strategy? So there's there's a few different ways, right? So first of all, whenever I talk to a client or I you know sit down with a client about estate planning, um, you have to understand what what estate means, right? I mean, estate, you know, a couple different definitions, really, if you look it up. So an estate really is 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 what you own, right? Mm-hmm. Your your assets that are kind of under you, and and the the larger assets uh, at that. Uh, and then on the legal side, right? Something that you kind of deal with. This is the process of you know of of pretty much giving out these assets, right? To to the heirs. And so uh, we have to understand uh, again cost bases, you know, things like that, and and how it's going to impact. Uh, the clients, right? And so we might get into a strategy of maybe, uh, you know, again, this is where our partnership kind of comes together, right? Right. Where we kind of get them to uh, look into developing a trust, right? Or uh, maybe uh, utilizing the the, the, um, estate tax exemption, right? Where, you know, believe it or not, if you pass away, you can give to your heirs tax, I wouldn't say tax-free, but a tax deferral, um, of up to a certain amount, mm-hmm. right? And so this can be deferred over uh, to your heirs as long as it's done right, right? As long as the process is done correctly. Yeah. And so this this year, the estate tax exemption is twelve point nine two million mm-hmm. per person, right? Um, but that high exemption was part of the the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act, mm-hmm. and that expires at the end of twenty twenty five. And so I'm counseling my clients that uh, if Congress doesn't renew that act yeah. or that high exemption, then it's going to fall back to uh, $5 million adjusted for inflation. Right. And so the, the planning that you do when, when the exemption's $12 million might be different when it's $5 million, Absolutely. Uh, depending on how much money you have saved up. Mm-hmm. But that's uh, going to affect your taxes or the estate or your beneficiaries. Well, and and by the way, I wanted to ask you, uh, since we were talking about retirement accounts, um, the way that beneficiaries are taxed on retirement accounts changed within recent years too with the SECURE Act. Mm-hmm. And uh, so when somebody's planning their own income tax situation, they also have to think, well, if I pass away and my beneficiaries inherit this account, we 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 can think we have an opportunity to think about what it, how it's going to affect them as well. Right. Yeah. And as I mentioned before, you know, it's very important to do that, right? Because you have different things that can kind of help cover some of these things and mitigate some of the costs, mm-hmm. like life insurance, for example, right? So, uh, you know, if you know there's going to be some kind of tax implication, then uh, you have to have those things to fall back on for your beneficiaries. You know, a lot of people that build businesses and buy assets and things like this, they talk about doing this for a legacy, right? Mm-hmm. And if it's for a legacy, then, you know, legacy is, is moving something on to to, to your heirs, right? right. And, and so you got to think about the impact for them as well. Yeah, so planning and strategizing beyond just – uh, for taxes is very important. Unless you want to make Uncle Sam one of your beneficiaries. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. Uncle Sam will take it away and, and, <laughs> and take all that money for sure. Yeah, so because of those uh, changes with the SECURE Act, um, I, th- I think that that change was made so that the IRS could collect uh, retirement account 
taxes faster than they had in the past. Mm -hmm. And uh, there's a potential for more tax being paid by your beneficiary than you would. Right. If if you had taken more of it during your lifetime. And so that's another time when you could work with a tax professional to Mm -hmm. decide, should I take more of this money now, pay tax on it myself so that I can help my beneficiaries uh, by them not having to pay income taxes on it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying to you, right? So there's different uh, vehicles, different strategies for that too, right? So, and and the reason why, well, this is probably more of an opinion, right? But the reason why these are, are being impacted or being implemented is because we don't know if Social Security is going to be available or what it's going to look like mm-hmm. after a few years, right? And so, you know, Social Security, then this is where the whole 401k came about, right? 401k is a tax code to help um, kind of mitigate or, or, or be a supplement to Social Security, right? Mm-hmm. Not, a people, not a lot of people do that, right? They use their 401k as like, okay, this is more of a savings account. They'll take money out and just kind of rely on Social Security alone when they retire, right? And so someone's got to pay for for that, right? Someone's got to pay for that Social Security. And so that's why they're kind of coming up with some of these um, extra taxes, right, to kind of help pay for that. Okay. Well, we got to take a break. We'll be right back. Stay tuned. Discover the fascinating world of the law with Talk Law Radio. Listen to 9.30 a.m. The Answer every Saturday morning at 11 for insightful discussions and expert analysis. Then, don't miss out on a thrilling bonus segment every Sunday at 4.30 p.m. When Talk Law Radio's attorney, Todd Marquardt, offers his professional perspective on trending legal issues. Stay informed and engaged with the legal matters that shape our nation. Join Talk Law Radio for an enriching radio experience on 9.30 a.m. The Answer. And for more info, go to TalkLawRadio.com. Welcome back to Talk Law Radio. I'm Todd Marquardt here with Hector Sines talking about income tax planning, specifically year-end income tax planning for the months October, November, December, and how that's different than uh, filing your tax return at the beginning of the year when everything is already – well, some things are set in stone. Mm -hmm. Um, Is there still that possibility of – contributing to your retirement account after the first of the year but still claiming a deduction for the previous year? Yeah, there are there are some exceptions, right? So the IRS will allow, for example, for IRAs, right? They, they will allow um, you to uh, invest into those IRAs up until the tax due date, uh, typically April 15th, right? As, as long as you designate that, that's for the prior year. Right? Okay. So, yeah, absolutely. I just wanted to say that before we moved on to business. Uh, But I also want to give you a chance to tell the listeners uh, where you're located and how to contact you. Yeah. So um, again, I have three locations in the San Antonio area. Liberty Tax is nationwide, right? But my three locations, two on the south side of town. Uh, My main location is right across the street from South Park Mall on Military Drive. Um, And then I have a satellite office not too far from that on Zarzamora. Uh, and then we have one a uh, little more north on Babcock and Hebner. 
and uh, like I said, any Liberty tax in the area, you know, so again, I am a uh, field consultant for a large region in Texas and New Mexico. Um, so if you, you know, put my name out there, you know, they're going to know who I am, but a lot of these franchisees are, are phenomenal, uh, have, you know, great knowledge of the tax code, you know, so any Liberty tax you walk into is going to be able to help you just, to, just the same. But if they like you and want to work with you, uh, yeah. what number would they call? Yeah, if you want to call me, my direct line is 210-355-3267. That's my cell phone. You can text me if you want, uh, you know, questions, and, and we can set up consultations. My email is hector.signs at libertysouthsan.com. Okay. So we've been talking about income tax planning, especially at the end of the year. And uh, now we're going to talk about some things uh, business owners might consider specifically that's a little bit different from individuals who might have uh, W-2 wages. Uh, So what are some general uh, business uh, deductions or, or just business tax issues that you consider when you're counseling a business owner? Well, yeah, so with business owners, you know, the, 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 the laws, the tax laws and all that are pretty strict, right? And, and if you haven't heard the news already that the IRS beefed up their, their, um, their auditor, uh, the number of auditors that they have now, mm-hmm. right? And a lot of these auditors are going to go after those that are uh, self-employed, right? Schedule C specifically, you know, those are sole proprietors, uh, but also those that are uh, S-corporations, and so, you know, behind that, there there are some great strategies to use um, for both of those. But, you know, to start, you know, we have to make sure that there's adequate and efficient record keeping of your both your income and your expenses, right? Because if we don't have adequate record keeping, then the IRS says, well, there's no proof of this, right? And so they can pretty much eliminate all your expenses and now all your income they won't eliminate your income. <laughs> so, so all your let, income is taxable now. So let me challenge you on that uh, record keeping. Mm-hmm. Um, will the IRS uh, go off of a bank statement or do you have to have a receipt? So bank statements are okay for uh, creating ledgers and things of that nature. But yeah, receipts are, are more specific, right? So if, if the auditor wants to get a little more specific into a, a, a you know, a, a certain um, amount that you have on your bank statement, for example, they're going to want that receipt, right? Because they're going to want an itemized transaction of what was purchased at that location. Oh, so if, I see. So if you go to Office Max or Office Depot, yeah. they would want to see uh, a list of everything that you bought there. Correct. Yeah. And and some auditors will will allow it, some won't, right? As far as we want to talk in terms of bank statements, um, some will get real specific like that, right? And some will, will require receipts. So for that reason, you know, we, we like to put people, especially on our bookkeeping side, we do, we do bookkeeping as well. We like to put people in softwares where they can upload their receipts, right, so that we have something to back up the transactions that show on their bank statements. Oh, okay. Uh, is that QuickBooks or something else that you prefer? Yeah, so we, we uh, tend to use two two types of softwares, right? So we, we do have uh, in our, our what I call our legacy uh, transactions with our, our clients is QuickBooks Online. 
Uh, and then we also, in the, in the Liberty system, use uh, Xero, X-E-R-O, Xero, uh, which is very similar to, to QuickBooks, um, but there's uh, some efficiencies um, that are probably a little better on, on the Xero side and, and some that are better on, on QuickBooks, which depends on the client. Oh, okay. So that's all about record keeping. Yes. And that's uh, essential for business owners. Mm-hmm. Um, what are some other principles of income tax that you teach your business owner clients? Yeah. So as I mentioned a while ago, you know, there, there's uh, your sole proprietors, right? And, and typically your sole proprietors will be uh, filing their business income on a Schedule C, right? Mm-hmm. And so a lot of your self-employed people, small business owners, they, they, their business structures are always what's called pass-through, meaning the income is always reported on your personal return, right, regardless of what form you file. And so um, those that are sole proprietors are probably ones that are going to be paying a, a, a larger amount of tax, right, because there's several different types of taxes that you have to consider, right, on, on the federal tax return, we're talking about federal taxes, right? But for someone who's self-employed, they also have to consider this, this what's called the self-employment tax. The IRS kind of disguises that. It's called self-employment tax, but it's actually your Social Security and Medicare taxes, right? So where we get a for, – for those that might have a wage, W-2, Social Security and Medicare is already automatically taken out, right? But for those that are self-employed under – you know, that are sole proprietors – uh, they pay the self-employment tax, which is them contributing to Social Security and Medicare. Mm-hmm. And so what we find is that a lot of our business owners that come in to, to, for consultation um, will will be paying a, quite a bit of tax because of that on their profits. And so once we hit a certain threshold, um, you know, every CPA, every accountant, every tax professional will have their number. But once you hit a certain threshold of profit – um, is when we will basically say, hey, you know what? It might be a better idea that we restructure your business and, and create an LLC and take the S-Corp election, right? Now, the S-Corp election, and, and you you'd probably know this too, right? S-Corp election, it, it's, it's vital. It's, it's an election, right? So, for example, if, if you go set up an LLC, it's not automatically an S-Corp, right? Or if you go set up a corporation, it's not automatically an S-Corp. You have to take the election, to be an escort. Right. It's a two-step process. The The first step would be filing with the state, mm-hmm. Secretary of State, and then the second step would be filing something with the right. IRS. Right. Yeah. So a lot of people come to me and say, oh, well, you know, I shouldn't have to pay that many taxes. I'm an LLC. Like, okay, great, you're an LLC, but did you take the S-Corp election? Mm-hmm. That's when they look at you with the deer in the headlights, right? Like, right? And so... It's it's you know if you're if you're doing it on your own I do not recommend that right if you're going to create an LLC get a professional to do mm-hmm. it because you have to take certain elections to be able to take advantage of an LLC because first of all the LLC really is it's it's to separate the business owner from the business right so your mm-hmm. your liabilities are are limited to the business that's why it's called limited liability but for the tax purpose you know again. The S corp is where the advantages come from. The right? LLC can choose its tax status. Correct, correct. So they can either stay as a sole proprietor, uh, which again I mentioned a while ago, could be paying more taxes than they should be, or they can go with the S corp, right? And so where where the S corp is an advantage is now based on IRS tax code. The IRS says, well, 
the profits on the S corp is passive income, mm-hmm. right? So very similar to selling an asset, right? Or, or taking a distribution, like if you own stock in Walmart and they're paying you dividends, right? You don't pay Social Security and Medicare taxes on that, right? But then the question is, you know, so how do I contribute to Social Security and Medicare? Well, again, IRS tax code says if you're an S corp, you have to pay yourself a reasonable salary, right? So that's where the W two comes in, yeah. And so that's your contribution to Social Security and Medicare. Like I explained to my clients, you know, let's say that you had $100,000 in profit and you're a sole proprietor filing a Schedule C, you're going to pay Social Security and Medicare on the 100000 right? If you're an S-Corp, you know, based on your industry, a reasonable salary is maybe $30,000, right? So now you're only paying Social Security and Medicare taxes on 30000 as opposed to 100000 Right, so that's kind but of this doesn't that. apply to every industry. The reasonable salary, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, reasonable salary again is based on your industry, right? So it just, uh, it just but you probably have some guidelines that that you go by based on all the experience you have. Yeah, for sure. You know, and it, you know, because again, reasonable salary can can depend on your market, depend on your area, right? Mm-hmm. So, like someone in California's you know, reasonable salary probably wouldn't be the same here in Texas. Right. right. So, yeah, it just depends on your areas. Yeah, so it's probably good to have a local tax specialist. For sure. Yeah, because a lot of things uh, can be localized too, right? I mean, a lot, like, like I mentioned a while ago, right, just uh, the, the income part of it. Uh, also, the fact that we don't have a state tax, right, but we do have a sales tax, right? So understanding the sales tax implications to your income as well, uh, is important so that you're, again, maximizing your income based on the sales tax liability as well. So, um, yeah, it is important to find someone local. I know a lot of people like to use people out of state, um, which could be fine, right? But, again, if they don't know the local uh, local laws, especially the tax laws, then that can be hurting you. Okay, we just have maybe 30 seconds. Uh, why don't you tell everybody uh, why they should see you? Well, come see me because we're, we're uh, pretty much a, a, a year-round service, right? And we encompass everything. As I mentioned a while ago, we do bookkeeping, right? So we're going to understand uh, what, what you need, especially if you're a business owner. We're going to understand what you need so that this time of year, uh, the, the strategies are already there available to you, right? Um, if you're not using us for bookkeeping, then it's a great idea to come see us now because now is the time to get those strategies in place before the year ends. Uh, and if it's not in place now, maybe it can be in place for next year so that you have better results next year. Right, so. Okay, that's all the time we have. Uh, I'm Todd Markport. I'll talk to you later. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.